Hi, welcome. Take a breath, just check in with your body. Find your feet, find your seat. Maybe check in with your shoulders and posture for a moment. Are you clenching anywhere? Can you find a way to use your breath and awareness to soften? Just find a way into your body, back into your being. Can use your senses, use the temperature in the room, the sound of my voice or noise in the outskirts of your awareness. Maybe turning your eyes to light upon an object, maybe something that pulls and draws your gaze because of its color or texture. You know, maybe you can close your eyes and just feel your breath. And see if you can notice your heartbeat, if you're still enough. You found the Inspired Astrology Podcast. I'm Lauren. Welcome. Lauren K. Hickman here, (laughs) your Inspired Astrologer. And you have met the Taurus New Moon Eclipse season as it begins, right? This weekend, Saturday, the 30th of April, we have the Sun and Moon conjoined in Taurus and the North Node in Taurus aligned very closely to Uranus, which is joining this solar eclipse. And we'll get all into the bones and material of that. Uh, I'm bringing in, Dragon says hi, Uh, I'm bringing in Ryan Evans today, who's a dear friend, an evolutionary astrologer based in Viroqua, Wisconsin. Shout out to my folks in Viroqua. Um, And Ryan, uh, Ryan and I are, you know, he's, we have like a co-mentorship process happening and we're also co-authoring a book on seasonal archetypology, which is Ryan's brainchild after being a flower farmer for almost 30 years and finding the correlation between his long-term relationship and language of astrology into the fold of the seasons and the cycles of the world. And I am so privileged to even have connected with this human being, this very Sun, Neptune, Sagittarius friend of mine. And um, sadly, Ryan contracted COVID. And so his brain was a bit fuzzy for this episode. And I uh, had to do quite a bit of editing uh, just just to save and speed up the content. Um, I just want to honor that um, we've all been through a lot, a fuck ton. And the news is a lot. The weather's weird where I'm at. There is so much happening and yet nothing is happening at all. And that's exactly what this episode is about. Talking about Scorpio and Taurus, the nodes and these eclipses that are coming up this season. So we wish Ryan very well in a speedy recovery, and I hope that you're taking good care of yourself and setting good boundaries when you need to and just doing what you got to do. We're still in this. We're doing it together. And um, I 
just can't believe it. I'm so grateful for all you listeners who've been a part of this journey with this podcast. I can't believe that it's been two years now since I started talking into my phone in various closets and outdoor spaces and hotel rooms or wherever I found myself in the last two years. Um, This has been a really meaningful, meaningful experience for me to speak what I understand to be my truth and to share other voices as I did in 2021. Um, I have decided not to do so many interviews uh, as it did take up a lot of time, which I had spades of last year. And I really needed those conversations to heal me and uplift me and give me something to create meaning in a very um, sad and unstable circumstance that was 2021. So here we are in 2022. We just had a Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, hopefully bleeding into a beautiful Piscean forgiveness uh, state of being. Um, But I, I know that we've all been through a lot. And I know that this last Uh, This last week or so kind of leading up into the season and these eclipses um, has created a lot of frenetic energy. And, you know, Ryan himself in this episode, I want to quote correctly, uh, he said, everybody is on edge. So calm the fuck down. Right. So if you're feeling edgy, just know that you're not alone in that experience and that hopefully you're finding some information in those deep feelings, in that discomfort, uh, to give you insight on the path ahead, essentially. So we often think of Taurus season as this um, fixed and determined earth element energy. Taurus is associated with Venus. I often think of vocal cords and the neck and beautiful everything, right? The idea that beauty and grace and taking time to uh, adjust your hair or pick out your clothing or select your food from the grocery store or, you know, how you cut your vegetables, how you adorn yourself, how you wash your body and appreciate your being. You know, all of this is about slowing down. And that is the, the energy that Taurus teaches us about is the meditative quality and finding meaning in the moment, staying present in the moment, because that's exactly where all the healing happens is right here and right now, you know? So if you find yourself getting ahead of yourself or drifting into the past, what's behind you, you know, just find your alignment in the body, you know, by connecting in with our senses by connecting in with our breath, um, all of those things help to guide us back into the present moment. And usually there's some okayness, right? That our thoughts can lead us astray, give us the sense that everything is amiss, that there's drama, trauma occurring. And, you know, essentially most of the time, there's not much going on in the moment to moment. It's the moments that build into a collective of moments which create an experience, right? But we can drop into the experience of being as as simple as we can be, right? And I and I recognize that for some of us our bodies are not always a safe space. Right? And and I think that's the the gift in mindfulness practices 
and in turning within and tuning in, doing somatic therapy for ourselves, you know, just engaging with our body and recognizing that um, we can regulate, we can self-regulate. But for some of us, it takes a lot longer, longer to learn how to do that. So wherever you are on your journey, I wish you so many blessings on this path and tell you that it is absolutely worth it to give yourself that time, that space, that structure, that boundary to really tune into what is best for you and asking yourself again and again, what is best for me in this moment? Not in a selfish way, not in a um, self-serving way, but in a way of protecting your story, your journey, what you are building, what you are creating for yourself. I pulled up this chart uh, for for Des Moines as its location because I will be in Des Moines this weekend uh, for the Transformer sessions. I'm doing a residency in Des Moines just for a very short while, just three days, and it has filled up uh, once again, and I'm so grateful for every opportunity to connect with longstanding clients. I see you. I appreciate you. I am so grateful to be a part of your journey And for those who are new to the experience of the Transformer, um, this is my lifelong service. This is what I've been building towards myself for almost 20 years, over 20 years, but about 10 years of doing this as a full-time practice after many years of just trading for necklaces and artwork and dinners and doing Reiki on people's, you know, living room floors and all that, right? You know, this is the culmination of my life's work and what I have integrated for myself. And I'm so happy to be able to give it to you, right? The gifts of meditation, of compassion, of recognizing our patterns and being willing to work with them and to let things surface so that we can see them for what they are, right? Uh, so again, Saturday, this is when the new moon lands in the afternoon. Um, the way this chart is set up for the Midwest, um, the, the placement is all in the ninth house of discovery, of long distance travel, of wisdom teachings. This is where occult wisdom stands, the higher education models. Um, and, you know, depending on where this eclipse lands in your chart, you know, you can always get in touch with me for a shorty reading if you wanted to do a check-in on your transits. Um, you're welcome to, to hit up the transit, t- transit tizzy, as I call it. Um, you know, send me a DM. We could set up a longer appointment virtually if you'd like. Um, but depending on where this eclipse is hitting in your chart, you know, whatever themes are coming to surface over the last couple weeks, because there has absolutely been a buildup to this to this uh, point of contact. So solar eclipse, uh, it's the blip, you know, the sun and the earth and the moon are in alignment, right? So it creates this darkening of the sun because everything is lined up. And when we find alignment, what, what happens, right? The channel of energy pours through. And with eclipses, I, um, I would be in agreement with other astrologers out there for for much of the time that this is not a moment to do intention setting or to clear your crystals if that is part of your personal practice. This is a time to note what is pissing you off. And I know that that is, you know, not the love and light and woo-woo kind of shit, but you're not tuned into this podcast to get 
all of that, <laughs> right? You are in it uh, to to see the truth and uh, work with the shadow stuff, right? Not that I am like the owner of truth. I am speaking what is true of me and I encourage you to use every molecule of discernment that you have in your being to do the work to figure out what feels right for you, right? But what I'm telling you feels right for me is to put your devices down, <laughs> and start noticing where interactions with yourself, with other people, with circumstances are irritating you. What is resistance looking like in your life right now? What especially is triggering you? That's where that's where the gold is. <laughs> that is where the work is right now, is noticing where these blockages, where the resistance is, where you are not in flow, where the fear is coming up for yourself. And that is absolutely what this episode is about, is working with uh, the Taurus aspect of peace and being in the moment and staying calm, feeling secure, knowing that spring is coming, the flowers are blooming, there is food on the way, right? And Scorpio, the season of death and the compost heap and letting go and fear and death and sex and intimacy and all of the things that both that this this beautiful polarization brings out for us because you can't have one without the other and we have to find that balance point of when we're being fearful and when we need to stay in the moment all right so depending on which which part of your world this is hitting on, um, certainly there's going to be some information coming up. And I, I have to say, you know, Scorpio is quite obsessive. So if you've been having racing thoughts, take a deep breath, write that shit down, draw a coloring book, you know, make a map, whatever feels like it's going to ground you and get you out of your head, you know, make a phone call, whatever it is that feels relational to you that's going to help to move this energy out. Um, do it for your own sake, you know, call that therapy appointment, you know, get that written down, whatever it is that you're needing uh, to support yourself, because it it can feel really squirrely. You know, this this is a, a reset button from the universe, right? That alignment between the earth, sun and moon creates sort of like a, a reboot and unplug and replugging in. We have sextiles to Jupiter and Venus and Neptune. Uh, Venus and Jupiter are going to be conjunct this Saturday. So it's a, it's a big expansion of figuring out what is it that you want. You know, um, maybe some ooey-gooey lovey time if you're in a relationship or if you're working on that. Taurus is definitely a season where sensuality, sexuality, intimacy, connection can really come to life and focusing on what feels good for you, what feels right for you, speaking your truth, going after what you desire. Um, Neptune, you know, being there can create this like real higher clarity or kind of a fuzzy lack of boundaries thing happening. Um, and that's workable, right? A uh, little trying to Pluto there between um, <laughs> Venus and Pluto in tail end of Scorpio, tail end of Pisces. So this is an easy energy, right? A trine helps to um, bring about easy transformation if we tap into it. Uh, so I, I wish you well on that factoid, um, working with that energy, what else we got here? Yeah, Uranus's placement with this solar eclipse, I think is uh, really essential. And I think that's where my my point about putting your devices down, uh, not all the time. I'm not like trying to boss you around. I'm addicted to my stupid phone. 
um, because it has gotten me through the last two years with some semblance of sanity because I feel more connected uh, than if I was in a retreat center by myself out in the woods, right? So I'm not saying ditch your devices for good. I'm saying ditch your devices to, to reconnect with actual community, with actual experiences, uh, more green time, less screen time, getting out there, doing what's best for you. And of course, if you are still social distancing, I respect the fuck out of you because this is some weird shit that we're in and you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your immune system. You have to take care of your boundaries, what is best for you, what feels right for you. So, you know, if, if that is the case, I still encourage you get your hands in the dirt, you know, go for walks. If, if you can meet up with people safely out in parks, whatever it is that feels right. I can't emphasize that enough that you have to do you. Um, but I, I know that we've been so close to our screens because they've gotten us through this time of isolation, of disconnection. And Uranus is normally associated with the internet and technology. But in Taurus, I feel like it's grounding community. So using your phone to find those meetups, to find those situations, to text your friend, to look up the coffee shop that you want to meet up, like that is right use of technology. Um, It's when we're spinning out, when we're using it as a distraction device or um, a soothing salve when we're trying to avoid something, right? It's it's a squi- it's a squishy place, you know. I feel like I've been going through so much personally lately that I'm I'm watching a lot of movies, people, and that's okay. I my little Pisces Venus needs to, my yeah it needs to disconnect, it, like releases from that point. I get I get a little bit of uh, storytelling and release and escapism, um, a place to process separately. So you do what feels best for you. Um, I do want to bring up the best film I think I've ever seen in my whole life that I witnessed yesterday. And I'm, I think I'm going to go back to the theaters and watch it again. But this is a plug to go see everything, everywhere, all at once. This is directed by Daniels, whose work is not like, I'm not familiar with it. I'm going to have to do some research. Uh, maybe I've seen a ton of their films, but this one struck me and struck every chord in my being and definitely hits up with this Taurus Scorpio axis point with the eclipses. So um, if you can get to a theater, you should definitely go hit that up. As soon as I tell you to get off your screens, I tell you to go see this film. Uh, that is my, that's my own contradictory nature, right? Um, this film deals with the, the, the concepts of the multiverse and the choices and decisions that we make in our lives and coming to peace and finding harmony with all the different um, iterations of your being. And it's a beautiful story of family. It's a beautiful story of inner strength and um, what we're capable of. And it is funny as fuck. I was like rolling out of my chair for the first hour of this film. And it's, you know, you get some good cries in there. You get some good, like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? It is absolutely breathtaking, astounding. And you should absolutely go support this film. I bet it's going to be an Oscar contender for next year because I've, I've never seen anything like this. Um, and also it'll give you a chance to pick out your uh, Halloween costume. Again, six months away, right? We're in Taurus season. Scorpio's coming. <laughs> um... Let's see. Do you want to hear a check-in? Do you want to hear about what's going on? I've been gone for a little bit. I didn't. I didn't do a 
podcast, the last round of the moon sequence, um, I was busy applying for graduate school here at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, trying to get into that social work program and go finish what I started uh, 10 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, I, I went started graduate school and I left after a semester because I was not ready. And I think that's simply put, I just knew in my body that it was not where I needed to be at that time. And with my car being stolen a second time, yes, it was found. <laughs> it was found the evening of uh, the last time I posted a podcast last month. And it's been in the repair shop for another month. And hopefully this week I will be selling it and putting it into better hands where it'll be better cared for in a city that does not um, steal Hyundais and Kias. So, um, yeah, that's it's been a lot. I think that I've had to reckon with my own feelings of security, Taurus season, my own fears, Scorpio, South Node stuff, uh, and where that hits for my my feelings of safety and the the type of future I'm building. And with independent licensure in social work, um, I can do a lot more with the variety of therapy that I do. Um, I can actually call it therapy. I could bring in Reiki techniques. I can sort of round out this practice that I've been building for as long as I have. So really excited about that. I will let y'all know when I get in. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say. I'm just trying to stay in gratitude. It's, it's been a weird season of our lives, hasn't it? And I think the spring brings about some of the, I guess, collective traumas that we experienced two years ago, all of last year, you know, and, and you know, last year around this time is when the vaccines came out. Um, we're going to, we're going to be, you know, we're still in this. We're still kind of uh, crunching through the leaves, trying to find our ways back to whatever this new reality is that we're building. And the only piece that we have control of is what we're doing within our own lives and within ourselves. So please be gentle with yourself. And I really do hope that you enjoy this, this interview, this conversation with Ryan Evans. I guess I've been um, I've been considering the the Taurus Scorpio nodes for this year, and I mean some of, some of the the themes that come up. I mean, this is not personal. This is like the grand scale with the nodes. You know, we have labor relationship with the Earth. I feel like the indigenous land back movement. You know, the climate crisis. We have resources as sort of this main theme on a greater scale as well as a personal scale. I mean, understanding like that the nodes are positioned in the sky and we use them very specifically in evolutionary astrology to help us understand the nature of the soul. And we have this dragon's head and dragon's tail. You know, I, I want to know what your relationship is with the nodes and how they've oh. taught you about stuff. And uh, we have oh, an eclipse sure. coming up this week, so all very relevant. Without getting into necessarily the astronomy too deeply of the nodes. So if you think of like a relationship of electromagnetism and gravity just on the scale of physics between objects, there's 
relationship there. Hi, I'm the earth and you're the sun and I'm caught in your in in your in your tractor beam. And so therefore there's this relationship of gratitude and homage and respect coming from the earth to the sun saying, "Hey, thanks for holding me here." You know, without you, I would friggin fly off into the abyss mm -hmm. so there's this relationship where the earth is like oh thank you king for protecting me thank you king for you know keeping me warm oh thank you know the sun the king and here's us the pitiful human earth peasants <laughs> and then the moon comes around and the moon the divine feminine is this beautiful wild card of inspiration and intuition and 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 magic that as the the relationship between the moon and the earth as as the as the earth is going around the sun moon is going around the earth creating this wobble and that wobble creates the seasons great goddess comes in the moon comes in and we're like oh thank you for the passion play of life so we have existence and then we have the dynamics that happen in existence see that sun and moon and here we are in the earth now when we talk about alignment and conjunction we're talking about fusion and and symbiosis we're talking about resonant uh, not even complementary but um similar like harmonically resonant energy synonymous energy between the intention of existence with the sun and the current passion play the current storyline of existence those come into alignment every new moon and so all right here's the meaning of existence or the core truth of existence the solar season you know what i need to exist and here's how i feel about it the moon they come into alignment during the new moon we have a new intention for our existence and the next flow and the rhythm and the passion play of life the storyline the, the scene changes every 13 or every month scene changes act act one act two act three or whatever like that or maybe the acts are the are the solstices and equinoxes and then the scenes scene one two and three for each of the four acts and the play of the circle that's a good way of looking at it and so new moons happen every month eclipses don't so when we talk about the center of the earth, the center of the moon, and the center of the sun, if they're all in exact alignment, then we have exact alignment, then we have eclipse. Usually, usually, and well, or quite often, it's not an exact alignment. 
and if there's some degrees off there's declination as a factor you know so the moon can be a little higher in declination or a little lower in declination but still be conjunct it's off of a node the nodes show those points of exact conjunction at any time and the further the closer something is to exact conjunction the more harmonious in alignment the more uh, direct link there is it's kind of like making a phone call from or a, a flight from here to san francisco you can have a one-way flight or you can have a couple of layovers an eclipse is like a one-way flight there's direct alignment there and so when there is an eclipse there's an intensification that hits at the quote deepest levels the more alignment the more exact one gets into conjunction the more in alignment there is the we want to i want to say there's more truth in it there's more specificity in it it's deeper it's more to the core to the root etc and as humans we like to consider ourselves as spiritual or soulful we like to have magic and mystery and intrigue in our existence and so whenever there is and so historic here look at this one so historically i mean can you imagine when the you know back in the day when we didn't really really conceptualize astronomy and we're developing as a species and it's a beautiful bright sunny day and then all of a sudden here comes the moon to block out the sun i mean that's some crazy stuff historically we developed all sorts of mythology you know the dragon swallowing the sun i mean there's so many ways that we have sought meaning in this and so historically eclipses have been huge in terms of uh, uh, stimulating our quest to explain mystery and so the more intensely we humans have questioned a mystery the more myth the more projection the more energy the more weight we've given that experience and so historically eclipses have had huge metaphorical weight in the consciousness of humans so we've got huge metaphorical weight we've got an alignment with soul or spirit at the deepest level but we have alignment or messages about a particular theme regarding the seasonal archetypology so whenever there is an eclipse the themes of that season are like you know the the thumb in the pressure point of l2 that's like <laughs> oh god that's the one you know like a it's like acupuncture and so we've got the we've got just the the mental metaphorical weight we've got the 
intensification of gravity and electromagnetism because everything's in exact alignment, not off. You know, you can you can be close to the pocket in a pool table, but you need to be right in alignment to make it in the hole. And the eclipse is like that. It's a completion. It's a it's kind of an unequivocal statement. If we think of like direct hits, uh, there's a word, or um, boy, I was right in the way of that thing. You know, we can we can like receive a, <laughs> a picture that comes to mind is we can receive a bullet squarely in the forehead, and <laughs> you know that's going to make a lot bigger impact than a bullet that just grazes us. An eclipse is like that. <laughs> it's like throwing the dart into the bullseye there we go you know you hit the bullseye you're not at, you're not at 50 you got 100 points there so there's energy there's weight astrophysical connection connectivity harmony the magnets the poles whatever are in alignment and so there is literally like an everything that can be up can be pulled to the surface regarding the topics of the the themes of the season everything that can be up will be up for ultimate health and happiness and growth and evolution, an agreement between the intention of spirit, the sun, and our own hearts and the storyline and the engagement that we have with that story, the moon. So pick your season. This time it's Taurus. Here we are. It's not just a new moon in Taurus where, all right, here we are on the next rung. It's like, here we are on the next rung, and it is a culmination of almost everything that has happened in your life or lifetimes coming up right now so, so that we can learn it, integrate it, use it, and then take it to the next higher level. It's almost like a big check-in from the universe. Hey, are you in alignment? It's, it's almost like the universe has its story that we could call fate or predestiny or determinism or the will of God. Because let's face it, the universe exists fine without our will and intention. So, you know, regardless if it's just some strange quantum fluctuation that created the universe or, you know, the intention or will of some divine being, the fact is, is that it does exist. So as a Sagittarian, I am going to assume, and I do mean assume, that there is intention 
And if I do that, then there is an intention that's bigger than me, and that's got to be seen in the sun and in the cycle of the seasons. So an eclipse comes in, check in, how am I doing with that? Time to reboot, time to upgrade. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Because when there is that close of alignment, there is electromagnetic or gravitational rebooting. It's like... You know, when there's they're not in alignment, and it's like, oh, there's a full moon. Oh, isn't that pretty? Oh, there's a new moon. Isn't that great? You know, it can happen in this kind of trajectory, but when there's like this, it's like the wires touch, and it shorts out for a second and then starts up again. And in that shorting out, there is like a, a, I want to, call like a slap in the face or a, an aha moment or a, a a download of a program or sometimes a release of stuff that doesn't serve us so as to get not only to the next rung in the cycle of the seasons like every new moon but the next rung in the storyline it, it next rung collectively and individually in the storyline that the seasons speak about. Boy, my brain is... I'm, I'm still recovering. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know that I'm making a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I am jumping around a bunch. Right. Well, I guess if I were to to recap what you've just shared, right? So with astrology, we, we use the metaphor of the universe and the human curious mind of making sense of the meaningless. You know, the sun, the sun and our individual sun sign is so important because it's the reason that everything's in alignment, right? It's gravitational pull is so strong that it, it mends the world. It keeps everything together which is what true leadership is about in a way. So the sun acts as a leader and carries much more weight than any other aspect of our charts. And then we have the moon representing our past patterns, our cycles of the seasons, the wild card, as you put it. And then the earth as the, what did you say? The earthly peasant, you know, praying between these two, like the wild card and the stabilizing force of the sun. You know, we can rely on the sun. We can rely on the seasons, which gives us a sense of, uh, of ground in a groundless world where we, we really don't know what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis, but we can trust that the sun will rise and it will set. So in an, in an eclipse, you know, the nodes, which change signs every 17 months, give us the time when there's an alignment between sun, earth, and moon. And that's when we have a total alignment. That's a total total solar eclipse or a total lunar eclipse where the sun is blacked out, where that idea of the dragon consuming the sun, right? These old mythologies about um, what the fuck is happening, <laughs> right? These like trying to make sense of things. 
so when we have an eclipse during a particular season, it's focusing on not only the seasonal issues, but of our karmic uh, potential healing that can come around those specific issues and where they land in our personal chart, in our personal makeup, as it aligns with everything that's happening with Earth. And you said there's a you know a high metaphoric uh, influence here. There's an alignment of soul and spirit, and then we have this electromagnetic force. As you said, these these giant gravity beings, these celestial bodies, have a lot more weight than our physical bodies do. And because there's metal and elements and all of this energy that surrounds them, um, we in our fabric, in our genetic fabric, we also have iron in our blood, which is affected by electromagnetic influences, right? You can't, you can't really question that. You know, we are biological beings that are made of the same elements as the moon, the sun, the earth. So it's, it is a blip or a wobble or a reboot, as you put it. And um, I hope that that was a pretty, pretty good uh, summation of what you've just shared. Yeah, perfect. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, so Taurus and Scorpio, we have resources, we have labor, we have sex and intimacy, we have um, <coughs> mysticism, we have occult and death. It's important to note, astrologically, this eclipse is conjoined Uranus and is in the season of the North Node. The North Node is the point where the moon in its orbit moves above the celestial equator or to the north of or in relation to our planet and the sun north of our equator. And so we humans are funny. North is up, north is forward. South is backwards, south is down. So the metaphor is north is the way to move forward, south is where we've been. And so with the theme of, or with the conjunction, in Taurus, what we are looking for is learning how to do Taurus as consciously as possible while understanding, and, and this is really important, while understanding and integrating the lessons, the harder aspects of Scorpio energy. The nodes astrologically will say, hey, like in this in this case, with the south node in Scorpio and the north node in Taurus, the nodes will say, hey, look at this. The This is where we've been. This is what we're used to. This is kind of where our feet are in the water. And Scorpio in its... I don't even want to say shadow experience, but one of its vibrations are the hell and the death and the intensity and the hardcore stuff that disrupt our comfort. 
moral ambiguity, extreme fear of death, a confrontation with the fact that we're mortal and our existence is uh, is finite that evokes an incredible fear response in us humans that can thusly lead to every shadow experience we humans can engage in manipulation oh i didn't I, i had to kill them or else i wouldn't be able to survive those kinds of energies percolating up up in us humans make us the can make us the most vile and treacherous most aggressive of any species that's ever existed and so the fear of death on one side with scorpio has to be balanced and countered by another energy or else we're all going to be running around you know invading countries <laughs> and so taurus is the counter to that energy that says hey relax where are you now i'm just sitting here oh that's so very enlightened Taurus takes us back to the present moment to the to the second by second by second growth of the blade of grass through the cold weather as it slowly warms up and as it warms up that blade of grass gets stronger and safer and happier and thicker and richer when i say that and i put our consciousness in that blade of grass that's in that place of peace in that place of connection in that place of feeling the wholeness of the rhythm of the circle and the fact that we are here right now and what do we need to do in this moment right now to happily and peacefully survive wow we can we have the ability as humans to change our perceptive and emotional focus from one of and i know it sounds almost impossible but from one of terror of death to one of gratitude for life and that's the that's the journey of south node in scorpio to north node in taurus that's the that's the tension that's the that's the passion play of the storyline of that polarity you know what does impending winter know of burgeoning spring you know try having you know burgeoning spring tell impending winter it's going to be okay hey it's going to be okay you know six months you know there's going to be flowers and scorpio's like i'm 
you know, going into death here, the tomatoes are rotting, and you want me to be all happy that someday there's going to be flowers? I'm sitting in rotten tomatoes. And so to get Scorpio, to feel Taurus, this is an evolutionary leap. We're being asked to all rapidly evolve to a place where amidst the rotting tomatoes, amidst the impending winter, amidst the hopelessness of scorpionic impending darkness, how can we find within our impenetrable spring? How can we find within us those qualities of stability, of patience, of letting it all be good, of being like, oh my God, there's a tornado and oh, there's a hurricane and it's throwing roof, roof shingles all around and oh, there goes a mailbox and oh my God. And where are you right now? Well, I'm safe in my home, but outside everything is torn. Well, where are you now? Well, I'm safe in my home. Oh, yes. And so that becomes the, the lesson of this eclipse. Is there hell in the world? Is there shadow and darkness? Does it look like everything from COVID to World War III is going to destroy the very fabric of existence? I mean, that's just generally for everybody. And then I'm sure... Or I could assume that in many of our own lives, you know, what can Ryan say? Oh, God, you know, what am I doing with my, yeah, I've got, I, I hope that people are going to call for a reading. And, well, I did just give up my farm for, well, why did, ah, you know, I could easily go into places. Hell. Frustration and insanity. Oh, my father just almost died. Oh, God, I've got COVID. My blood, what's wrong with me? Am I set up for congen congenital heart disease now? I guess so. Oh, God. Oh, and, you know, I could, we could all in our lives. Oh, what am I going to do about my car? I could get another car, but it's just going to get effing stolen. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've all got our particular dramas but the answer in everything with this eclipse is how can we maintain our stability and our patience and our calm and our peace and our ease and be that eye of the hurricane because let's face it you've got a choice complete insanity <laughs> Or an acknowledgement that hell exists, an acknowledgement of Scorpio energy, an acknowledgement of the necessity, that's it, the necessity of Scorpio energy. And in that, finding, again, our peace and our calm, our own personal resources, what do we have, how can we, how can I deal with this, how can I maintain my own strength? How can I see what I do have and be grateful for it? How can I, even if I'm broke, even if I'm destitute, even if I'm ill, even if I'm, you know, pick your, even if I'm hell, how can I amidst that hell still 
be like the blade of grass that is like, oh my God, I'm existing in this moment. I am so grateful. Oh, here's another moment. Oh my God, I am so grateful. Oh, it's another moment. Oh my gosh. Shadow Scorpio looks at the past and then looks at the future through a lens of fear or a lens of, yeah, lens of fear, basically, because, you know, and all its associations. Oh, I don't want this to happen again. Or what if that happens? Or I remember this wound and how to not allow myself to, you know, compare. Oh, God, this wound, oh, it's hell, hell. Oh. And Scorpio is, there's no escaping that. So the rebooting, the eclipse energy is not just a, okay, now it's time to relax. And then, you know, later on in Scorpio season, it'll be time to get intense again. No, it's like things have burgeoned up in our lives. And what are we, what are eclipse cycles like 19 years, 18 years? Things have been happening for the last couple decades in our existences where it's good for us individually to look back and say, okay, how can I, how can I soothe that wound? How can I, how can I apply a balm? Not like to heal it, but just to, just to show that it really is all good. Like I'm looking outside right now and it's cold and it's windy and I, yeah, I wish it were spring, but there's grass that is coming up and it's growing and there's no stopping it now. So how to hook up with that natural wisdom, that simplicity and that ease amidst our own hell. Yeah. I always understood that hell and heaven are states of consciousness you know and and scorpio has a very obsessive quality about it and and i think that the way that you describe that like we can focus on the fear or we can note that essentially nothing is happening you know right now nothing is happening that's the blade of grass you know that there is there is peace in the banal in the mundane there's not as much stimulation which is kind of boring right <laughs> But it's stable, and and I think of um, I think that this is the the full moon this month is going to be associated with Wisak, you know, the festival of the Buddha, you know, and and often um, the traditional like Siddhartha Gautama's birthday is usually associated with the season, and I think that Taurus season is a perfect recognition of that that energy and stability that that meditation provides that the wisdom of um, Buddhist practices, you know, in the unknowing, right? There's nothing more Taurus Scorpio than Buddhism. Like, yeah, we're going to fucking die, but we're here right now. Right. This is like this. It's an acknowledgement, which creates contrast. Life happens in those great contrasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about the South node is there's kind of quote, no escaping it. The North Node, the direction that we're going, is the direction we're going. It doesn't necessarily mean we're there. <laughs> the South Node, it's where we are. It's where we've been. It's where the roots are. It's where the toy, you know, it's, it's all we know, almost. Mm-hmm. Taurus is foreign. So right now, 
collectively we're all on edge i mean <laughs> put it all in one sentence everybody's on edge so calm the fuck down <laughs> april april eclipse calm the fuck down you know so but yeah i really liked what she said about how it's it is the polarity of buddhism it's the it's the intense emotional spiral and taurus the need to just shut up and be still so sit yeah. to sit to sit with the discomfort you know and regulate your nervous system yeah you know because the sirens are always going off inside of us we're overstimulated by technology uh that's interesting you know with with saturn in aquarius and then we have uranus in taurus on the north node uranus being associated with technology you know maybe maybe this is about taking a fucking break from your phone and um getting outside some more i i just i feel like we're we're we've relied on technology to connect us with one another these past two years in our isolation and and, um you know i've relied on it for my sanity for my community especially living in a new city but the more and more i make human contacts and connections the less i am on social media the less that i desire to be creating content and posting and getting involved with everybody all the time you know trying to be a stabilizing force um in that vast network that we connect with online and I think more than anything, we need one another. We need culture. We need community. And Uranus is more or less that representation of conscious, evolving community as a, as a spider web, as this connective whole. Yeah. But that's, what, that's what gives us stability, not the fear. We're coming right. out of fear. We're coming out of isolation. The cheese stands alone in the South right. Node in Scorpio. But it's it's right. a it's opposing everything in this season, right? Because we're in Taurus oh. season, but most of the planets are in Pisces right now. <laughs> right. Well, with, which is trine Scorpio and sextile Taurus. So, so if you think about it, <clears throat> you could say that Pisces is the gateway from that that will connect Scorpio or or will help balance and harmonize Scorpio and Taurus. And so what's Pisces? The allowing, the forgiveness, the acceptance, the gratitude, the release, the, the feeling connection with the universe. You know, here's, here's another thing about the South Node is that it's not inherently bad because in the past it served our shit. You are alone on the battlefield. Here comes the last 10 soldiers from the opposing side, and it's you against 10. Are you going to be like, all right, everybody, let's just relax, Taurus? No. You're going to be like... Turn up the passion, turn up the emotion, turn up the everything. Yeah, the Mars. Use all of the feeling. 
all all of the Martian feeling and energy while going all the way down to the deepest resources you have within you, the, you know, survival uh, quotient, if you will, Pluto, going all the way down there and pulling that up, using those emotions, water, in a very powerful, nonstop way, fixed, fixed water, I'm going to use every ounce of my passion to completely obliterate those 10 people coming to obliterate me. That if I did not have that scorpionic energy, I'd be like, come on, guys. There, I'm dead. So the Scorpio energy, I mean, it's it's helped us live. It's helped us survive. It's helped us adapt. Oh my God, you know, the winter's coming. How do we adapt? Oh, we throw all the shit in here. We gather our resources. We get some resources from other people. Maybe combine our resources to make it through the winter. Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about people who don't have uh, the nerve endings that help us to feel pain. Oh. And how they don't live very long. Oh. You know, and Scorpio makes me think of that is that like we need fear to protect our egos so that we stay in our body and do our soul work. Right. Yeah, yes, totally. And if we didn't have that, um, those more, I, w- I want to say, primal threats to our existence, we'd be complacent. We'd just be like, oh, no, everything's good. Oh, what's that? arrow doing coming towards me it must be another thing that's all good you know so yeah scorpio is pretty darn necessary it's the more, desire the more militant passion. hippie what's that <laughs> the militant hippie that's the balance yeah. point between the two of them yeah you know and taurus is you know and if we were to consider shadow if i were to flip it around and say south node and taurus you know that can be like no everything's all good i don't need to try i don't need to struggle i'm just sitting here enjoying the sun and it's all good past the potato chips i'm pleasure 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 there's nothing that pushes us really to to grow oh i'm a flower i'm just gonna bloom here and it's all good and then we're just blooming here and then we're very susceptible to you know that rabbit that wants to then come and eat us I we just, have a little yeah. we have a little bit of fear you know yeah a little bit of desire a little bit of that oh i want to grow up and i want to be this awesome flower and then that way that one sexy bee can come and pollinate me <laughs> that's you know and then that and then we have the procreative energy. I mean, Scorpio is way more procreative, I believe, than Taurus. I mean, Taurus is like, yeah, if I feel like it, Scorpio is more like, I always feel like it. <laughs> we got to do this. Um, yeah. Interesting that we have two seasons that, that both have that dynamic between Mars and Venus. We have Aries, who's traditionally ruled by Mars, Libra by Venus. And then we have Taurus by Venus and Scorpio by Mars, traditionally, before Pluto was discovered. Yeah. Right in a row. I, I never considered that. Um, 
because it is such a creative season, I mean, it's almost like you have to have the, the polar energies coming together to make shit change, to, to fertilize the flowers, to make them grow. Yeah. Ex- excellent observation. And, and it does show Mars and Venus being our personal planets, the parts of us that, you know, want to feel good and want to go get that thing, which makes us feel good, <laughs> wants us to receive the good things and go get the good things, you know, wants to wants to enjoy and love and be happy and protect that happiness from, you know, marauders who want to take it from us. I mean, talk about the storyline of life. I mean, that's a lot of it. So it would stand to reason that Mars and Venus, you know, have have a, a bigger weight uh, than some other ones. But yeah, at the beginning, if we think about seasonal archetypology, having Mars and Venus uh, uh, there towards the towards the uh, beginning of well, the spring <laughs> of spring. And towards the end, yes, at the at the beginning of the growing season and at the end of the growing season, it shows that that at the beginning of the season, you know, we're very interested in getting what we want and what we need to survive. And at the end, we're very concerned with getting what we want and what we need to survive. And in the middle, there's the maintaining and the healing and the and and in between both of them yeah very interesting to start thinking about it i have uh colors splattering on the canvas of my brain but i am hyper aware that the covid has affected my brain a little bit mm, yeah. so hopefully that's just temporary give it some time um so most people most astrologers recommend not doing any intention setting or any contemplative practices during eclipses. What are your feelings about that? What is your personal practice around eclipses? Um, I'm really big on, I don't want to call it prayer. There's, there's some, just some triggery triggers with the word same prayer like uh, i give up all my power as a sovereign individual to some mystery that is going to have control over what actually happens so it's more like a conversation conversation intention setting if i have a belief there's a belief that we live in a co-creative universe you know it's like there's the intention of spirit and then we have free will and then they dance and they blend and they're ultimately the same thing let's face it but in the meantime you know it's it's this interplay between our intention and whatever mysterious intention there is of the in the universe and so during eclipses and new moons in new moons in particular and eclipses in general having that conversation setting that intention saying this is this is first off having the conversation and intention within ourselves clarifying our intentions 
and then sharing that clarified intention with the universe, number one. And number two, if we cannot find clarity for that intention, then having an intention of stating to the universe, I'm open <laughs> to the messages and the information that will lead me to my uh, answers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think you said it right. Conversation, having a conversation with the unconversable, ex exploring the mystery. I think maybe it's just about noting resistance. You know, I th I feel like that's uh, some of the, yeah, great the, point. the greater work is just noticing resistance. Yeah, where we resist. Yeah. yeah, where we're hung up. Yeah, so it's less about like, uh, you know, putting it out there. It's more about like, all right, all right, universe, if we're doing a download and a plug-in, like, what am I afraid of? What am I resisting? What am I uncomfortable with? What, you know, especially with Taurus, it's like, what, are, what am I clinging to for security? Where am I afraid to share myself, my resources, my gifts? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if we have any planets in Scorpio in opposition to this new moon slash partial solar eclipse it's and of course i'm talking to myself here it's understanding the limitations the hang-ups and the complexities that can arise whenever we do insert scorpio stuff uh from that place of fear or and, and from that fear desire manipulation uh, uh, power struggles, etc. So the the eclipse is going to be at ten degrees twenty eight seconds Taurus. So this will be influencing all of the fixed signs at an angle, right? Either an opposition or a square. Um, so the fixed signs out there, um, we have Taurus, Scorpio, Aquarius, and Leo. So if you have any planets or your sun is at 10 degrees of any of these signs, you might be hitting a harder influence with this. Just like Ryan shared about, um, you know, his stellium in Scorpio. I also have a stellium in Scorpio <laughs> in the second and eighth house, which is ruled by Taurus and Scorpio. So... Oh, so I was just talking about you, not me. No, you're talking about yourself. Yeah, but I, I want to make this kind of more more um, accessible, right? This is going to impact all of us, right? And, um, you know, there's a whole, we have a whole generation of Pluto and Scorpio. You know, I'm one degree Pluto and Scorpio. So that's like a whole generation of people up through the 90s until it switched signs. Um, so those in the middle might be feeling this a bit, a bit harder, more transformation efforts being made, Pluto, more fears coming to surface, more feelings of insecurity coming to surface. Um, but all of that is information to work with. And it's easy to say that in conjecture, you know, sitting like armchair philosophers and we're talking about this stuff, but I have been fucking uncomfortable I have been obsessing about stuff. I've been over-focusing on things, 
concerned about security, concerned about transportation, concerned about resources. You know, Ryan shared some of these similar concepts, right? And and all of it is very human. And just as our, you know, beloved Saint Mr. Rogers said, Fred Rogers, that anything mentionable is manageable and anything mentionable is very human. Yeah, well, my, I mean, my favorite thing about nihilism, right, is that, you know, it does, it doesn't matter, you know, but if you, if you know that it matters, it matters. You know, once, once you know, and, you know, in recovery groups, we have the saying that once you're a cucumber, you can't, once you're a pickle, you can't be a cucumber anymore. And, and I think that, so it goes with, um, with our skills and what choices that we make. You know, I think that we're here to to try to understand and make meaning of the meaningless. But, you know, once once you know to, uh, you know, not toss the cigarette out the window and litter, not toss your trash out the window and litter, it's really hard to go back to not knowing that or pretending that you don't know that truth. And and I know that the the more conscious uh, or the quality of consciousness that I'm developing the more attuned I am to when things feel like shit, when I don't feel good, when I know that I've done something wrong, when I have misused my will, when I've misused my speech, you know, and and that even goes into uh, referring back to old situations that I don't have any control over anymore. It happened a long time ago, and yet I still suffer in forgiving myself um, to let go of those things and to not make those same mistakes again. And that's, that's the truth. And then there's a further layer to that, Ryan, where what, what is the truth and what is our cultural um, veneer, you know, that we've been painted upon, right? Those stories of conservatism or the stories of, you know, childhood religion. It's so fucking toxic, right? And so that's, that's that next level of discernment is whether you're in alignment with your truth or if you are in alignment with uh, the the filters that society has um, <laughs> given to you along the journey. Yeah, well, this brings up that wonderful, beautiful topic of instinct and natural wisdom, and 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 a truth that is resonant with the cells in our body and the the best of all possible. Uh, natural evolution of existence and on one side and all the projections and demands that we have on ourselves as people as uh, humans existing on this planet our instincts can be uh, uh, sullied our instincts can be muddied by scorpionic fear. Well, I have an inst you know, the, the flower has the, an instinct to grow to the sun, but what if, you know, growing up that flower is beaten down and pushed down and, you know, told that it, it should be a certain way or, you know, that flower metaphorically is not going to necessarily be able to trust its instinct and so the taurus scorpio polarity with with the uh 
with the eclipse in in Taurus and this new moon in Taurus, it's like it feels like a, a magnificent time, an opportunity, a great suggestion to reclaim our natural instincts that are there regardless of society's expectations on us. Say my instincts have been uh, sullied, have been projected upon by society's expectations that I have to be the provider, I have to be the one that makes the money, I have to, you know, not get all hyper Scorpio and just be the solid Taurus because that's what I have to do to, you know, so oh man so so all of these uh projections upon us all of the all of the all of the energy that is thrust upon us by by fear it it, it warps our intuition it warps our instincts and so how do we clear all that? How do we let go of, oh, wait a second, I don't, I don't have to, like, be the one that everybody is dependent on or else they're all going to die. And so therefore I have to, you know, have this fear element driving me or else, uh, you know, how dare I be complacent or how dare I try to relax, you know, that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And so to clear all that, uh, Say, wait a second, it's okay to be a peaceful, calm, <laughs> loving, tender male. Cancer rising. Yeah. It's huge. What's that? Cancer rising. Right. Story for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren, thanks for chatting with me about the upcoming eclipse. And this is the season for it. And always really appreciate your time and your words. And even your fuzzy brain is a beautiful brain. So I hope you're feeling better soon. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it for this round of the Inspired Astrology podcast with Lauren K. Hickman. That's me, Lauren K. Hickman. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren K. Hickman. You can follow my space, my business at Ursidae, U-R-S-I-D-A-E underscore underscore, which is my space at the Lincoln Warehouse here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I have no sponsors, so it's uh, always a pleasure to receive uh, your tips, your donations, your words of encouragement, your questions, anything that you have to offer, whether it be monetary or celebratory, I will take it. Absolutely. Um, I'm still doing virtual appointments, um, albeit that I am so happy to have an open space uh, to be able to support and, and invite you into that uh, in Milwaukee. So I will be in Des Moines this weekend, April 30th through May 1st. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin uh, at Kosha Spa. Still some spots available there at Kosha. Uh, K-O-S-A-S-P-A, koshaspa.com. You can book an appointment with me there in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin at the Garver Building, which is such a gift uh, to have that opportunity to work with Shilpa and to work with her clients there in that amazing space. Um, I will be in Seattle 
for the first time ever for a conference at the end of May. Uh, so if my schedule is blocked out, please know I'm not ignoring you. I am just bringing myself towards myself as much as possible. Uh, lots of uh, more exciting things to come. Be in touch with me if you want to get an appointment set up just for a scene, astrology hour. If you have questions, if you need some clarity on some things, we sit down, we do a beautiful meditation together, offer you space to speak, to ask your questions. And we we dig in intuitively into an intuitive council conversation using your astrology makeup, using your uh, chart and transits to provide some some space, right? Some clarity. Uh, still offering intuitive Reiki energy balancing uh, as absentia, which is a service I began providing, um, not because I hadn't practiced it for 20 years, but because it was necessity during these strange times. And I'm still happy to offer that uh, in that same sort of box and space to to provide you with some serenity and some clarity around issues that might be coming up in your life. Um, this Scorpio stellium of mine is meant to be of service and I am not afraid of your shit and I am happy to hold space and to love you until you can love yourself because you are precious. You are absolutely precious and I hope you find a way to stay safe and hold space for yourself to breathe, stay in the moment, be as calm as you can during these very strange times that we're existing in. Spring is coming. Stay inspired.